Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Identity and the Influence of Social Media. Today, Navia from Nepal, Fang Fang from Spain, and Sarah from Ecuador discuss the impact that social media has on identity. Coming from different parts of the planet, they show how algorithms shape identity, constantly reinforcing images and messages, messages, but also how the iterative process of engaging with it influences your sense of power, responsibility, and self-worth. Although social media can create a sense of community to identify with, it does not represent the actual reality out there in the world, creating a trap for your identity in the limited reality of social media. We have a love-hate relationship with social media where we try to avoid it, but are constantly drawn to it to reinforce our identity and sense of belonging. Navia, Sarah, and Fang Fang leave us with an important message, which is to constantly explore our larger identity outside of social media as the world is much larger than it. Welcome to our podcast series, Identity Dialoguing with the Other and Myself. I'd like to welcome Navia, Sarah, and Fang Fang to our podcast on identity and the influence of social media. Um, I Hi, so I was wondering if you would like to just introduce yourselves, uh, tell us where you're from and anything that you'd like to tell us. Navia, would you like to start? Sure. Uh, hi, my name is Navia. I'm from uh, Nepal. Uh, I'm 28 years old and I'm currently a, a master's student in Paris and I study public health. <laughs> You go. You go. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Sara. I'm from Ecuador and I'm also a master's student. And yeah, I also identify as a cis woman. Hi, I'm Fang Fang. I'm from Spain. I'm 30, 31 years old and I'm also currently a master's student. Great. I'm delighted to be here. Right now. <laughs> I'm delighted you're here. So we're going to talk about social media and I wanted to kind of start with the question about how many times a day approximately do you actually look at social media like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, any of these? Uh, maybe Sarah, how many times a day do you look at it? I don't even know. Uh, at least, at least 10, at least even more, maybe more. And you I think it's, if you consider WhatsApp, like a conversation thing, I would, I would Spend some hours like three maybe I used to spend more time before but then after I have an app in 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 my phone which takes accountability of the hours and then after I just realized that it I use too much social medias that's yeah. how I just reduce it but Fangfeng you don't have Instagram or Facebook or anything. I do have but uh -huh. I don't have Instagram and all those things I'm just yeah way too old right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know if we should. Uh, I consider WhatsApp social media, but um, oh, I'm thinking more about like Instagram and Facebook. When I'm busy, like uh, in school, I probably check it like two or three times a day. But when I'm off, constantly, probably ten more than ten times a day if I'm like on break, uh, which I'm not proud of. But that's and, and, and is it something that you crave or feel like it's an automatic reflex to move towards the social media actually click on to one or the other social media it's a reflex and it's also like a 
quick fix for boredom, which is like, instead mm -hmm. of finding creative ways to occupy my time, it's like the easiest way to entertain yourself. And I think that's what makes So do you it. think it kills creativity? I think so. <laughs> I think so, because yeah. when I didn't have, so I'm just thinking of, I mean, maybe it's different when you're a kid and then, um, you know, you have different ways of entertaining yourself. But I remember when I didn't have social media and I had like a flip phone where you couldn't use social media, I was spending so much time like journaling, uh, writing, painting, coloring, talking to people. And I think that definitely I can see that, you know, has lessened as we kind of as I've used social media, I just don't do that much. And do you look at social media first thing when you wake up in the morning? How much time is there between the time? Not me, actually. That's something I've uh, actually been good at not doing. I, I don't check, check it in the morning. How but... about you, Sarah? I do. I do check in the morning before going to bed. I'm like, <laughs> oh, <Red> it's bad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so, so bad. How do you think social media actually shapes your identity? And how does that relate to some of your favorite types of content you might look at? Like, I don't know if I have like a clear idea of what my identity is if that makes sense like um I'm trying to sort of discover my identity and as I am doing this I feel like of course social media has influenced my thoughts for sure like I follow a lot of like feminist uh, uh, influencers and whatever or like body positivity so I guess it helped me sort of uh, maybe like uh, reassure my thoughts or like how I'm feeling so do you think it's self-reinforcing do you think what you see reinforces what you think or do you think you think that because it's what you see on social media do you think there's some kind of constant yeah. confirmation bias happening or that is constantly confirming you I think it's both ways you know because you have the algorithm that is constantly giving you more and more information but at the same time you have your your own thoughts and feelings, your friends and everything, and you just start following other people uh, that kind of think the same as you. So, yeah. What do you think, Navia? Uh, for me, um, I I follow a mix of like uh, like people from Nepal who are on social media and like people from all over the world. And for me, I I think I get like very different content from. Uh, I don't know, different parts of the world, which I think is interesting and might be shaping, um, I don't know, how I think in, in a way, in a positive way, might make me more critical of how people are thinking and um, uh, communicating on social media. But I also see like a lot of overlap in that sense. I don't know. Uh, it helps me kind of identify like as it helps me, you know, because I'm someone who's lived abroad for so long and also like really likes to kind of celebrate my culture and stuff. So it actually makes me kind of have like the entire world in like one platform in that sense. I can like identify with a lot of people like has given me that platform, I think, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. Do you have anything? What about you, Feng Feng? Thinking that it's not only social medias, it's all the medias that shapes us mm -hmm. every single day. Like you have seen adverts, we are walking on the street and every single thing. There are so many stimulating things that just are shaping how you dress, how you want to dress and mm -hmm. how you want to be. 
So there's, it's not only the social medias, even if you don't have the social medias like before, you would have also the medias that is shaping you all the time. All the time. There's something interesting in our last conversation. You talked about this yoga fit body that you see on social media. Do you recall when you said something about yoga fit? What was that expression that you made? Just, I think just having that be so common and dominating the social media platforms. Uh, for me, someone who likes to do yoga and is constantly, the algorithm is feeding me all this like content out on like amazing handstands and yoga fit body when that's not really the case when I go to a yoga studio is people of all shapes and sizes and all kind of abilities doing yoga. Whereas one thing I was going to say about identity is that Sometimes social media makes us think that that is the world, like what is visible to us on social media makes up the world, but it's really not the case. The world is much more diverse and vast and, you know, there's a lot of the kind and different types of people who don't prefer to be on it. And we kind of forget about the world that exists beyond that. And and our identity also is kind of maybe we sometimes have a crisis because of that, because we can't really identify with one of these dominant sort of figures on social media that we often see. And there's a very limited number of, you know, but case, yeah. at the same time, like people that don't that are not in social media nowadays, mm -hmm. they're missing this like popular culture, yeah. like pop culture information. Like if you're not in social media, you may not see like, oh, what this random actors or like your friends because you were posting stories and whatever yeah so i heard a lot of people that are not in social media feel this feeling of uh, oh i'm missing out i don't FOMO. know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah yeah uh, or having fomo is like they think they're not you know like that the same thing that the world is not seeing them because they're not on social media and right just... so it's something about being seen that's really quite important with regards yeah. to uh, validating your identity as well the fact that you're seen in social media do you think that's quite important absolutely for me I think that's where my anxiety comes from like when I use social media is sometimes or or maybe this is the case for many people with like all the likes and comments you know it's like a kind of a measure of maybe being seen or being liked or being recognized or uh, being celebrated I don't know I think people can use social media activity as measures of kind of success in the social sphere when you know you had an interesting story about during COVID and your uh, social media presence and what happened in the ebbs and flows I wondered if you could tell listeners a little bit about what happened yeah so uh, I had a lot of time when I was doing COVID but I was also kind of I was getting really interested in cooking and staying healthy and exercising and all those things so I thought I'd start a social media account where I was sharing what I was doing um, and then lifestyle tips and stuff like that. I've always been interested in that. So I was just uh, sharing some of that on Instagram. So I made a profile. Um, and for a bit, I felt like really seen because, you know, people were like congratulating me for it. And they were saying, wow, you're so motivated during COVID. And I feel so bad. And it was giving me like a boost of uh, confidence that, you know, people were thinking I was cool. And like, I just didn't realize, I mean, I think it was, I was feeling good as well, but I was also getting this like extra, um, what do you call it? Like reassurance from Instagram that I was like doing well in life because, you know, 
people people were reaching out to me and like recognizing me I mean it's not a big level Kathmandu is really small city so it wasn't like on a huge scale but um and when I stopped doing that I had like a whole kind of collapse in my self-confidence because I wasn't getting that extra like stimulation from the outside world or like you know people weren't reaching out to me because I was not seen anymore I wasn't posting anymore so and uh, I, I do that to people too like I only think about reaching out to people who I've who I see on social media doing things like I rarely think about people um that probably don't have it you know it's like very I don't know I have to force myself to be like okay who's not on social media and I should reach out to like I I think that's so but I think I think that at the same time um the fact that you are no not posting anymore on your uh, main or platform that you had mm-hmm. it it it, it uh, brings a lot of pressure to post because mm-hmm. you feel like people are waiting for your posts and whatever because I mean I had a page as well and and I like talk about sexual health and then I had like 2,000 followers and then they're like oh yeah you're we're missing your your thingy or your story or whatever and I, I felt a lot of pressure I didn't want to do it anymore um like I felt seen, but mm-hmm. at the same time I felt pressure. Like right. all the information that I give, they're gonna take it as truth, mm-hmm. or they they see so me. You felt the sort of responsibility it gave you an elevated sense of responsibility and importance, but with that pressure. Yeah, it comes pressure. It comes, I guess, sort of like with power comes responsibility, kind mm-hmm. of thing. That it's that feeling that yeah. oh now I have to do this, and before it was a hobby, and now there's people that are waiting for this. Yeah. And then after there's another bad side that it's about the cancel culture. Yeah. Like whenever you post some opinions on some, maybe some people just, you know, like they come really aggressively because it's yeah. it's social media. So you are it's an you have an identity the, the inside, but outside you are another person. Yeah. So it's everything is allowed. Yeah. Whereas yeah. So in fact, there's also this constant impact on your mood and a kind of ebb and flow of your identity as it relates to the ex- exposure that you have to the outside world and the feedback that you get from the outside world. It's constantly impacting your sense of responsibility, your sense of power, your sense of self-worth. So I actually was kind of interested in whether um, what kinds of stereotypes actually stand out for you in social media in the allowed algorithms that you get. It depends. I think it changes with time for me. Right now, it's like somatic healing techniques for me. I see that like, like so it's like somatic healing techniques. I'm like, there are so many somatic healing practitioners. I have no idea. (laughs) Turns out it's just I'm just being fed all of this because I looked at it constantly for maybe a week or two. And now that's all I get. And my sister is always looking at dog videos and sending me five a day because that's all she's fed because that's she, what she looks at. So, mm-hmm. But I don't know what you guys are getting. What about you, Sarah? What kinds of stereotypes do you see? Yeah, I'm into crocheting. So there's a lot of crocheting people now. And then I follow them and, you know. So, so does, does that give you a sense of community? The fact that, you know, you're getting these constant posts that are kind of related to a topic area or subject area and it kind of makes you stay in that cocoon of a community or I don't know if it's a sense of community like if the algorithm gives you a sense of community but let's say 
uh, during COVID, I opened a, a yoga where I, ju I would just like do yoga poses. And I made like friends from there. I met my friend from my yoga page online like a week ago. Well, not a week ago, maybe three weeks ago. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it was fascinating that I just made it to have a community because I didn't know anyone in Ecuador that did yoga. And that gave me a sense of community. There were people from like Africa and like Europe and whatever. And I was like in South America doing this. And that gave me a sense of community. So in some kind of way, if you're in a niche, maybe it's not niche. <laughs> yoga is not niche, but at the time I didn't know anyone. Yeah. Uh, so it did give me a sense of community. And like your friends. Yeah. Like us, we have been all over the place and we have lived in different pla different places. You just, you're not in touch with your friends anymore. And it's really nice to see them yeah. on the stories. It makes you feel like you're close to them, even though you may not be that exactly. much. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I don't close my Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. And I also like sometimes when I post, it's like, okay, I want to like, you know, I hope my friends are like keeping up as in like, I don't talk to them, but I actually I, I don't realize but when people you see after a long time say oh I know what you've been doing and like that looks good it like makes you feel good as well that people are being able to keep up with your life and so it's actually interesting you did say something uh about the fact that what's out there in the world isn't necessarily what's presented on social media because not everybody's on social media not everybody um presents themselves on social media I feel I feel that there's a lot of people with radical ideas or may not be ra radical in the sort of societal era that we live now that everyone has to be on their phones and like looking at different apps and whatever. So people that realize that we are um, like a source of consumption, like at the end of the day, we don't pay for Instagram. They are consuming us. We are they take our information and put it in somewhere else and they take money from our information so I feel like if people realize that may they may not be hmm, they will they may not how do you say that uh, be in social media because they don't want to be the they don't want to be consumed by corporations and whatever and I'm aware of that but I feel that I'm just so your identity is vested in that social media in the sense of how you consume and what you read and that interaction is important for you yeah the interaction is important for me i delete my instagram once or twice a day and then i really download it every day really yes no because way. i'm like i hate it i hate that i'm just so obsessed with it mm. but I keep deleting it because I know that they are consuming me and I don't want to be the source of consumption by corporations <laughs> and whatever and I'm like I have this constant struggle of but I want to see my friends but it's free you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you Navia who do you think is not represented or is missing I think um I mean, a lot of people. Uh, so for me, honestly, I think Facebook right now, like a lot of older people are using and a lot of younger people are using Instagram. So I think on Instagram, I'm missing just lives of people who are like maybe over 30, 35 because it's so like young and especially TikTok is very young as well, but I don't I don't use it. But um, 
I think that's missing from Instagram and maybe Facebook is kind of more, you see more of like people of all ages. Um, uh, but also like, and honestly, anything that's not like the algorithm is not serving you is missing. Like for me, I don't really see, I don't know. Trump supporters. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see, I only see people, see things that I'm like, you know, constantly yeah. following. And honestly, it's not great because it's really shaping my thought process. And, you know, it stays in your subconscious when I look at my uh when I look at my posts and I'm like thinking about things like five hours later I've checked I'm like oh that person is you know I'm like I don't I don't I don't know it's um so I'm missing I think a lot of representation is missing uh of like all communities um um I think it is very like white like stuff that's like very highly followed is like I think racially uh it's like not as diverse maybe as it should be um is it very American? Yeah, I think so. Very American. Like my mind is, uh, but that's probably because I live there and it's kind of feeding me like American uh, posts. Um, but um, yeah, I think a lot is, you, is a lot of the non-pretty stuff is missing maybe. Yeah. What about you, Fei Feng? You're not that much on Facebook or Instagram or any of that. Do you feel you're not represented or you're do you feel that um somebody in your demographics isn't represented and how would you describe that in the sense that you describe yourself identity wise well that's a, a really good question like i think i grow in between two different cultures like you two too and the thing is that uh, it's kind of difficult for me to get identify either in the Chinese culture or even in Spanish culture, because I'm a mix. So there are not so many people who are just in the mixed culture that are just posting things that I and some issues that I have. Like sometimes I see some issues, but my friends don't think it's a racism, mm -hmm. like a, a, how do you call it? Micro-racism. Mm -hmm. And I say, I said, I think this is race for me. It's racism, but for other people, like whenever I have a conversation, a lot of people they say, no, this this is not, mm -hmm. and so no, it doesn't represent me, and I that's why I don't I don't follow them, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not a, a market. So you don't feel that you don't feel you identify with what you might see on social media because it doesn't yeah. represent who you are. Yeah, it's interesting. To what extent does social media influence your sense of body image? And I think, Sarah, you had an interesting comment when we asked this question before. Um, do you recall? Well, I remember I talked about the Kardashians, but I don't exactly remember what I said. Uh, I, I have a, a interesting dilemma with them. <laughs> I think after our conversation, I was like thinking about it because I have a curvy body and uh, of course, they have a curvy body, and I really dislike them in some kind of way, because mainly because they're making me think that my waist has to be as small as, as them, because we're kind of the same height, we're very short, so I should have a body similar to them because I'm curvy, but their waist is very small, and then, but at the same time, I know, I feel like before them, curvy bodies were not as appreciative as they are today it was like oh very skinny like very very skinny and like no boobs or nothing like that 
And that was like the model, but then you changed the model and now everyone wants curvy body. And a part of me is like, well, I have a curvy body, so I feel good. But then the reality is that, well, the people that don't have a curvy body, then they don't feel good because they created a new um, a stereotype standard mm -hmm. of what it should be like <clears throat> the ideal like beauty. Uh, so I really dislike them, but they have so much power in social media and people look at them so much that they can now they're going really skinny they reduce their boobs yeah. they reduce their bum and now they're going back to like really really skinny uh, and that's the yeah. stereotype yeah and that's the the beauty now Standard, yeah. so it's it's very mm, frustrating to see how much power they have yeah uh, and how it has made me feel and mm -hmm. i'm sure many other people have felt i was wondering also if those people are also oppressed by the system at the end of the day because you know they yeah. have to sell to yeah. so their body is the marketing they have so mm. maybe today they have to be curvy and tomorrow they have to be thinner yeah. but the thing is that do they really want to do those process or is it just to sell and resell and remarket things yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so it's interesting you're talking about actually the influence of social media has a big impact on yourself and your sense of shape but um it's a constant iterative process about what marketing people want and what your products you're selling and and what the ebb and flow is and that these trends are changing and it gives you anxiety and pressure with regards to how you feel because it's changing all the time with your self-identity and self-acceptance about your body I also want to add that not just about my body image, but about like my just like mm, in general, like how I feel about myself in uh, in regards to my like motivation to like stay fit or something like I always I, I can see when I'm looking at a lot of like yoga videos or something. I'm always like punishing myself in my head saying that, oh, my God, why don't I do this? Like I could look like them if I just tried for like three months it's like I tried to stay active but I'm like oh my god I've been so bad like you know for these months I could have looked like that and mm -hmm. I can look like that and it's always like a kind of race to you know look like that whereas you know you might never look like that because you don't have a body shape like that or you don't need to look like that and you should you're like I know I'm totally okay and how I feel but like I know there's like this subconscious image of like I need to look like that and it's been guided by like some of the images I think I see on social media um and not just me as an individual it's in comparison to the rest of the world like how I look you know right that's interesting so actually as public health special specialist which is kind of interesting um do you think there's competing um messages on health as opposed to what you look like so what the kardashians say and then what health experts say about heart healthy and do you think there's like cross messaging do you think uh, uh one is more comforting than the other um with regards to feeling well about yourself i follow a lot of uh body positivity pages on instagram uh, i don't follow the kardashians yeah but uh so the, I follow a lot of nutritionists and body positivity and like vegan diet, or that's mainly what I eat. Uh, but um, what the the way they they think about body 
many of the influencers that I follow are not based on BMIs. So if I think about doctors or medicine, they may be more into like BMI and numerical base to talk about health. And my the influencers that I follow may not see uh, health in that way. So I'm influenced by that because I also don't see it in that way, but um, I don't know, maybe that's not the case for everyone. I actually want to know um, whether you feel you can present your authentic self in social media. Do you feel like you, you, when you post, you can present your authentic self? I like struggles to like, sometimes I feel like I, sometimes I'll post something and I'll be like, that's, hmm, that doesn't look like the, how I want to portray myself. Like if I post a selfie, I'll be like, oh, I'm not someone who posts a selfie. Like that's not me, you know? So I like remove that because I'm, I think I'm constantly trying to like, also like have an image of myself on social media, even though I'm not consciously trying to do it. I, I can see when I, it feels like that's not me, you know? So I, I think, uh, I think that there's that, that effort to be an authentic self on social media, but like, I don't think, people looking at my social media will know what kind of person I am fully, although they might have an idea of my interests and my hobbies, but um, yeah. How about you, Sarah? No, oh, yeah, I agree. Um, but you're always in, in the social medias, you're always selling one image. I think it's yeah. not like life and people, personalities are really complex. Yeah. And in social media, you just, are body positive things or maybe you yeah. focus on just on one thing yeah not so many on the complexity right so you think that people who are consuming you as a person through social media only get one dimension they don't actually get the full dimension of the person yeah, yeah. Not you, but yeah. not so much but i think there's right now a lot of kind of a trend on, uh, on instagram to be super authentic and be open about your issues and stuff because obviously when a lot of people post like really happy things and travel stuff and fitness stuff and then they open up that you know actually i'm like having mental health issues and i'm not super happy right now and i think there's a push right now to be i'm on a push but like people really appreciate that sort of like forthcomingness and like openness on social media now i think these days more than before because i think there's mm, but i don't know i think that's mm, i don't know that's i think people are trying to be more and more more authentic mm -hmm. and also because people more realize now the effect of social media on young kids and um on mental health so i think people who have a lot of followers now try to be like more open about their issues and stuff on social media. So maybe there is like a general push in being like more authentic now. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's not perfect for sure. I think there's still like inauthenticity in, in social media. So it's interesting um, with regards to the one dimensionality or, or the authenticity is like, can can it allow you to own your own narrative? Do you feel like you can own your own narrative by being somebody who consumes social media? Do you feel you have power to control your own narrative out there? I, I think yes and no. I think there is so much power in social media. Like you can really 
uh, I, depending on you know the subject matter and your number of followers, I think you can really kind of if you really put a lot of work into it, know the algorithm and work to kind of manipulate the platform. I think you can be really powerful. Like you can share a lot of things, and I think there are times when I like I'm tearing up because something's so powerful and touching for me on social media. So it it definitely has a lot of power. Uh, but it also has power to really break someone's image, like really badly. Like I know some people, like if let's say just because a lot of people are on social media and they support one person's stance on someone, it can break their image on social media and like forget about all the other things about them and just have that social media image of them, like the cancel culture that you were talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Like you can really break someone's uh you know self uh self-worth in a way through because of social media and how powerful it can be in like you know convincing the world that that person is a bad person when you don't really know uh, have a lot of evidence or truth or i don't know um so i actually this has been a really fascinating conversation and i wanted to know if each of you could give the listeners a piece of advice on how to use social media to ensure that we are well in our identity and in the way we evolve in our dynamic identity. I'll let you think about a piece of advice that you could give to listeners. I would say that open up a conversation like that, like this one, I think it's useful. Like it doesn't have to be that from the same age, you have a different perspective, but open up the conversation. It's really important to have a reflection of it, of something that we do automatically because we have it all in our phones. Right. I agree. And like we have had conversations about how social media has made us feel yeah. or or what do we see with our friends and then maybe we realize that the life is not like that, yeah. you know. Uh, and also... Just, I feel like uh, personally, I I waste a lot of my time looking at social media rather than learning a new hobby. So that's a, a res- uh, New Year's resolution <laughs> to put more effort into that because I know I'm very arts uh, artsy and I feel that I forget to do the things that I love and enjoy because as Navia said, it's just easier to go to your phone and like, oh yeah. This is relaxing instead of like, oh, let's do crochet. And <laughs> um, I think my advice is something I think I've learned uh, recently about social media is like I've said before, the world is not social media to always remind yourself that people exist outside of this bubble of social media. And it's um, and also um, to not do something just because it's on social media, but to always kind of evaluate why you do something before, uh, you know, before posting it on social media and also to practice not to post things on social media and see how you feel about doing things because sometimes we're too carried away by doing things that uh, look good or are a good image or people will like, so. (laughs) Boost our ego. Yeah, boost our ego, yeah. Like just to do things, just to have fun and not feel the pressure when you're at a party to post that you're having fun, just to like remind yourself that I can have fun and I don't need to post it on social media. Like it's still a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I really enjoyed this conversation and I 
look forward to continuing to work with you on this identity project. And um, well, yeah, speak to you soon. This podcast has been brought to you by Saffron Global Health. It complements workshops that have been designed to create a safe space to talk about identity and to create a sense of belonging. If you want to learn more or get involved, please visit our website at www.saffronglobalhealth.com.